Are you ready? Or are you going to send us another picture first? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I don't even know what's going on over there. <laughs> Welcome to No Sides Attached, the political podcast where we tackle topics big and small on their own merits and evidence, but not through a party lens. Uh, Matthew Devine here with my co-host, <laughs> laughing co-host Logan Sowers, and uh, we're joined by our everyday guy, Steve Ramey. The, the non-laughing one. The non-laughing one. How's it? How's it going? <laughs> well, I'm pretty good. I don't know if Logan can stop laughing long enough to tell you. Yeah, he's busy on. Uh, he went down the uh, the Trump meme rabbit hole. There's so many. It doesn't end. <laughs> Just Google Putin and Trump memes, and you will have laughing material for days. Okay. Um. So this week we uh. <laughs> This week we don't have a topic due to some scheduling conflicts and people chasing bees in the forest, um, <laughs> but we are going to do a weekly roundup. <laughs> people chasing bees in the forest. Hey man, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. All right. So we'll just forty-five today. <laughs> we'll uh, jump right into the roundup then and uh, run through the news from April twenty-third to the to today, the 29th. Although nothing really happened today, so it's really. 23rd through 28th. But anyway, so Monday then, good old Illinois political great uh, Mike Madigan was voted chair of the Illinois Democratic uh, Party. Again, this will be his sixth consecutive time chairing the party. Uh, So it's been about 20 years. So, you know, he's been, he's been the chair longer than most marriages last. Yeah. I mean, he's the poster boy for term limits. So there's that. Guess the easiest marriage then is with your job. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then also on Monday, um, there was that uh, that vehicle attack in Toronto. Um, where a guy drove the drove the van into the pedestrians and killed fifteen, and then injured or killed ten and injured fifteen. Um, that obviously is shitty. Uh, but the towards the end of it, um, he was apprehended by police officers. Uh, but the reason he was apprehended is the officer that got there first refused to fire on him because uh, he, you know, going in the situation and then how the guy got out of the car and all that stuff, he, the officer was completely believed that that particular terrorist was seeking suicide by cop. And he just, he wasn't going to comply with that. And he wasn't going to let him get out of the, get out of uh, the trial and, and actually having justice served. So, you know, pretty, yeah, really awesome thing to do in that moment where, you know, your stress is super high and, and probably most of us wouldn't have been able to do that. Good on him. Yeah, very good form. I wonder if, like, do you think that might be a thing where, like, eventually you just decide, like, hey, I'm far enough down the fucking rabbit hole, I want out, and, like, that's their only way out is suicide by cop, and it's kind of like, you know, you don't have any other options, so, like, here you are. Yeah, I mean, it could be that. It also could be, you know, seeking, like, a martyrdom status kind of thing too True. um and then okay so also on monday um finland had a pilot program for uh universal basic income um and there's a, it was a two-year program and then it officially ended um or it, yeah it got officially ended monday because they weren't able to the researchers wanted more money they wanted uh more funding so they could move it longer but they were unable to get that from the uh the finnish government um, so it's, you know, it's unfortunate that 
they're only going to have two years worth of data, but there are a lot of other uh, pilot programs either starting or in the work. So in the near future, we probably are going to have more more long-term data so we can actually get some real numbers with these things. Not curiosity if they posted any of it? Uh, no, any no. indication at all? No, the uh, researcher um, come out and said that they aren't going to post anything about it until they're able to fully go through and analyze all the results and really type up a, a, a meaningful report. Hmm. And it, their program's a, a little different too because they took... It was based, you had to be unemployed um, to get into the program or to be selected in the program, and they weren't paying a massive amount of money. It works out to about like $680, uh, 80 American dollars. So it's going to be a limited scope in terms of like what a UBI program could actually do, but at least it'll be data. Yeah. Yeah, they also probably didn't cut any in their. It comes down to basic data is a better, you know. Even looking at un- unemployed people, is it more effective than, you know, say food stamps, you know, welfare, et cetera, things like that. So, I mean, at least that's a good look at it. You also have to remember, they don't have to cut any of their social programs for it, likely. Well, I mean, let's face it, within the next five years, we won't have any social programs. So. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is they wouldn't have had to cut it. So, like, the people getting 600, that might be enough for them. Is at 680 if someone else is also taking care of your health care and you're not paying for health care. Like, right, because they've got socialized you know, medicine be, and whatnot. Yeah, it could theoretically be enough to like live on until you found any job. Actually, I just saw something like within the hour, I believe. You know, a documentary type thing. Way to go, Finland. The whole like uh, free health care, free college, all that stuff, and they barely t- pay more taxes than we do. Fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. They do have <laughs> super high marginal tax rates. Um, they just also, you know, it's a smaller smaller country and uh, per capita is really good over there also. But there yeah. are, yeah, there are some tax levels that near 60%. Yeah. But I mean, you're also like, if you're not paying a $8,000 premium, I'm sure. Yeah, it's definitely a trade-off. Yeah, yeah. paying an extra three thousand dollars a year in taxes is nothing compared to paying like eight thousand dollars premium. Also, fun fact: you know they make, you know, I'm assuming competitive wage to ours, and get you know like two or three times the amount of paid vacation in a year that Americans do, as yeah. opposed to Europe, though. Yeah, yeah, which is that's a that's a thing that's always been kind of weird. The, the lack of paid vacation in the United States versus other uh, industrialized nations. Yeah, other other countries get like two to three times the amount of paid vacation and are actually more productive than American factories. It's sad, isn't it? Well, hey, if you're happier and less stressed at work, generally you better work or more of it. Uh, so then uh, last thing from Monday is that it turns out that Alabama and Mississippi, um, the state governments were closed because they, those two states still recognize a Confederate Memorial Day. The hell is Confederate Memorial Day? It's a memorial for the Confederate traitors. But like Southern pride. Yeah, I get the whole like, you know, the people standing up for what they believe in, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that, yeah they also stood up, <clears throat> you know, you walked away from... U.S. government took our problems against their own country. So fuck them. Yeah, yeah. Here's my thing with it, okay? So 
In Article 3 of the Constitution, there's this little line in there that says treason against the United States shall consist of levying war against them or adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. So I'm really just confused on how this is actually a thing in general, since the Confederacy and the soldiers fighting in the Confederacy were then and they are now the literal embodiment of what a traitor against the United States of America is, and they should have been punished for their crimes then, but instead the Union welcomed them back with open arms. Very few of them served prison time, even the leaders. And for the most part, all they had to do was pledge an oath to the United States, an oath of allegiance to the United States again. And then they were like, oh yeah, you can come back, no big deal. A memorial date for the Confederacy literally stands against everything the Republic stands for today. The things that we work for consistently uh, to make you know our nation a better place. These are the Confederate soldiers and men, they didn't believe that all people were created equal. They didn't want liberty for everybody. It's literally in their words and their writings that the cornerstone of that piece of shit time in our history was that the black man was supposed to be subservient to the white man. They caused the bloodiest war in American history. 600,000 people died. It's completely the Confederates' fault because they fired first. And the entire time they had the opportunity to do what is right and end the Atlantic slave trade, but they chose not to because they didn't want to lose any money on it because their entire economy was built on free fucking labor and not having free labor was going to cost them some money. And then this week, a national memorial to the victims of lynching was opened up in Montgomery, Alabama. The same week that they had the stupid fucking Confederate Memorial Day, we cut the ribbon on a memorial that actually makes sense and one that we need because... The Jim Crow laws were so fucking terrible that throughout the United States that people were lynched in the aftermath of the fucking Confederacy. Fuck them. And their stupid flag. And that Memorial Day. Alabama and Mississippi need to get their shit together. The Confederacy fired first. They're traitors. We don't need to memorialize them. And back to where we started this, fuck them. (laughs) Yes. As you said as well. Okay, moving on. Moving into Tuesday. Uh, so, uh, the French president, uh, Emmanuel, uh, Macron was, uh, here. Um, also, uh, Merkel from Germany was over here this week as well. Um, but the Macron thing is funny cause like they're kind of like friends. Like it's a, it's almost a bromance. Um, and throughout, uh, Macron's visit to the white house, uh, Donald Trump kept calling him perfect. And actually at one point, like they were given an address together and at one <laughs> <laughs> fucking Donald Trump went over and uh, brushed off an invisible piece of dandruff off of Macron's shoulder. And he's like, because we had a, he's perfect. We have to make sure he looks perfect. And then Macron turned around and gave an address on Wednesday uh, to Congress and just completely eviscerated Donald Trump's policies in a very uh, polite French way. I'm trying to see if there's any means for this. I'm sure there are. I okay. just have not found them yet. Oh boy. Well, you're doing that. Um, and then also on Tuesday, a, uh, so a federal judge um, based in D.C. who uh, was appointed by President George W. Bush, uh, he actually issued a ruling that the Trump's administration uh, decision, their dis- uh, decision to terminate DACA was unlawful and that the program must be restarted unless Homeland Security can provide a credible justification for ending it, and they have to provide that justification within 90 days. Otherwise, DACA will have to be reinstated. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. They'll go to the Supreme Court likely, though. So. Well, yeah. Yeah, obviously they're going to, um, you know, that decision will probably be appealed. Um, but I'll, if SCOTUS kind of sticks to what they have been doing, um, 
they will usually allow the the lower decision to stand until it can be heard. Because at this point, um, SCOTUS isn't going to hear any more cases uh, this term because they're done. So it won't be until you know late fall, early uh, early 2019 before they would even be able to hear the case, unless they chose to take it up. Crazy. Take it up early, which, I mean, SCOTUS kind of does what they want. But I, it is just interesting that you have another uh, Republican judge going, no, 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 no. Bro, bro, you can't, you can't do this. This is not right. <laughs> it's a shit show. You control everything and you can't do nothing. You know, if Trump didn't have to work with this hostile Supreme Court and this hostile Congress, he would be accomplishing so much. <laughs> so much. It would be the best deal. <laughs> but, you know, everyone's just hostile towards him. Like, fuck this Democratic Congress and this Democratic Supreme Court, right? <laughs> And then, so final thing from Tuesday, there's a special election in Arizona, and it was in the 8th District for uh, uh, U.S. Congress. And so this is a district that uh, President Trump won by 21 points in 2016. And then the Republican Debbie Lesko ended up beating the Democrat. Uh, name is really hard to pronounce, but it's Hyral Tipirni, I think is how you pronounce the last name. Uh but the the margin of victory for Debbie Lesko was only five points, and so Democrats are super jacked because they're like, "Whoa, that's a, you know sixteen point swing," and then uh, Republicans are jacked because you know they won the seat. The win win for everyone. Look at that. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. compromise at its greatest. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I don't know. I think it's special elections. I just think we're overall we've been reading too much into special elections i mean it's it's a good potentially a good primer for what could happen in november but there's a lot of time between now and november so um the one interesting thing though is that the uh the dnc didn't really go in and help uh Hiral with money or anything so it was pretty much just a grassroots effort that did it so it's you know there is the argument that had the dnc actually gone in and done something and, and helped their candidate I would warn against reading too much into these special elections, but at the same time, like it's been pretty consistent results throughout. So it's hard to argue against them also. Like, you know, if it was only like one or two where these types of swings were happening, then like, okay. But it's been a decent number so far where like gaps have closed by a rather large amount. Yeah. Ultimately, I think it says more about um, the fact that the DNC should run hard in every district oh yeah <laughs> rather th- rather than picking and choosing because you know when they they ran hard in georgia and lost and then they didn't run hard in arizona and i mean closed it enough on our own like it's possible that they you know with that extra money could have flipped it and also not like they have anything to lose i mean i get it money doesn't grow on trees but like you know you're, you're going to keep bitching about the current administration you need to start putting your fucking money where your mouth is Right, and if the uh, you know if the base is as fired up as as uh, Democratic talkers will you know suggest that it is, mm-hmm. money shouldn't be a problem going into November. So there's no reason not to to run hard everywhere. DNC fucks up again. We need to get some new leadership in that in that place. It is unfortunate that like the thought leaders of the Democratic Party do not realize they're the actual leaders. And refuse to like take up 
the position of leadership that they have indirectly assumed and like now just refuse to acknowledge. Yes, one hundred percent. In fact, that that leads me into into the Wednesday. I did have it last on Wednesday, but we can talk about it first because that was my takeaway from this coming up thing. But so on Wednesday, um, Kanye West and uh, uh, Chance the Rapper successfully broke the internet. Um, it start, started with Kanye because yeah. uh, he you know tweeted out showing in support of President Trump, at, well initially in support of a black Republican female um, pundit who is, you know, you may not necessarily agree with her policies, but she's, you know, well-spoken and, and very intelligent. She's a good representative of, uh, you know, black Republican voters and, and whatnot. Um, so he initially tweeted out his support of her. And then when people started freaking out about it, then he tweeted his support for President Trump. And then uh, Chance the Rapper later on Wednesday came to Kanye's defense and the tweet that just amazing from uh, from Chance was that he tweeted out that black people don't have to be Democrats. Uh, and, I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> and the left just lost their fucking minds. Um, though, unfortunately, uh, Chance did later kind of walk his tweets back. Um, but only insofar that uh, like he, he did it to show that like he wasn't trying to support president Trump, what he was trying to do was support Kanye West. And then also he was, you know, his connection with black people don't have to be Democrats was coming because he's from Chicago and Chicago really hasn't though being a democratic stronghold hasn't done a lot for, you know, low income and minority communities just in general. Um, so, you know, he had some reason to say it though. Ultimately his, his walking it back was that it was, you know, probably the, the wrong time to do it, which, yeah, but I wish he wouldn't have walked it back just because people were freaking out about it. Like that, he should have just doubled down. Fuck him. Like the left's crazy. <laughs> You're so jaded. I love it. <laughs> but so then, you know, my takeaway, which is what you were saying earlier, is that the the commentary from thought leaders in the Democratic Party or pundits in the Democratic Party, you know, about the Kanye Chance thing, just literally showed that their inability to look themselves in the mirror and have some self-awareness about their position in terms of the left and the Democrats. Like they were just unable to reconcile the two things in their own head. Like, you know, from cheering Oprah's speech and talking about how she's going to be the next president, but then Kanye's nuts and, you know, depressed or, whatever they were you know arguing for him because he was tweeting support of uh of uh president trump like really you, you guys really you guys you guys don't see you, you don't see your uh your hypocrisy there i don't know it's an interesting situation that we it i think that ever since hillary's lost the democratic party has been struggling to find like and ever since obama stepped out of the the spotlight it's like a massive fucking confusion as to who the actual leader of this party is going to be and there is people attempting to step up but they're not getting a bunch of backing or i guess the support you would generally expect and it's just like a fucking madhouse and what i think they don't realize is until the next presidential election when like someone actually runs for president we're not going to have a, a leader head really or a solid one and in the meantime, people are going to look towards their 
liberal entertainment. And those are going to end up being the thought leaders for like the next two years, at least. I mean, I would say you could probably even argue that more because, yeah, the your presidential candidates and then later, if you have a president, like they're your de facto leader of the party. But all of the, you know, the thinking and the, and the theorizing about the party is coming through the pundits and, you know, the then now the podcasters and the writers and whatnot. And you do see that with the Democrats where none of those people that are, you know, informing the base and and you know, helping the base think through losses and, and things like that. Like they're not stepping up and, and really owning their position. And I mean, so even though you in 2020, you are going to have your de facto leader, you're still going to have the people behind them that are the ones actually driving the next generation. That's really going to be taking the reins of the party. And until those people are actually acknowledge that, even if they don't, you don't have to acknowledge it publicly, but you you do need to acknowledge it at some point so personally so that your your rhetoric is not so goddamn fucking hypocritical but i might be yeah. jaded i mean you are jaded <laughs> there's no argument <laughs> you are jaded and like exodus the democratic party to claim independence or libertarian or whatever the hell you are now just jadedness straight jaded <laughs> So on Thursday, uh, <laughs> um, and moving on, yeah, moving on. Uh, on Thursday, uh, Mike Pompeo was officially confirmed by the Senate, so he's now the true acting or not true acting secretary. He is the true Secretary of State. Uh, he was confirmed fifty-seven forty-two. Um, John McCain obviously was absent from the vote, um, but we actually now have a Secretary of State out there doing uh, his state things. Yeah, I mean, you know, I hope he does well i hope it's a successful thing um well yeah because i mean if you hope for him to not do well that's kind of yeah it's kind of a bad thing right (laughs) i hope our secretary of state just fucks all of this shit up i don't like him like what kind of you're essentially at that point i'm hoping for a war almost (laughs) yeah well the the thing that should turn around quickly with pompeo um leading leading uh the state department is that other nations will probably see Mike Pompeo as actually speaking for the United States, United States, and speaking for the president. Versus you, that wasn't the case with uh, Rex Tillerson. So then on Thursday, also, uh, House Chaplain Patrick Convo- Conroy—he's not a convoy; he's a Conroy. Um, he uh, he resigned um, kind of unexpectedly, and then it turns out that he was being forced out by a. Uh, still speaker paul ryan which is weird like of all the things you're going to do as a speaker you're going to uh you're going to force out the the house chaplain i mean he just (laughs) like i mean how many how many people even knew we had a house chaplain until this hit the wires and they're like oh that was actually a thing like what what did he do like bless the yeah yeah like he he would like lead prayers and stuff before (laughs) meetings and votes and and things like that Huh? Why did Ryan force him out? Like, I it, it turns out, or I guess the working theory is because obviously Paul Ryan's not going to say that he did it. Um, but the the working theory is that it was because of uh, uh, Conroy's reaction and uh, and talking about the uh, the tax bill and then other various things that the House <laughs> leadership has done. 
Mm-hmm. Doesn't this just hurt his own party? Like, don't they need that for, like, guidance? <laughs> they lost their connection to God. What are they going to do? Like, they, they no longer have a conscience now, right? I mean, not that they ever did, but, like, it's completely <laughs> gone now. Like, they no longer have the Jiminy Cricket, so they're, like, just fucked. Like, the shit they're going to come out with in the next week is going to be terrifying. <laughs> like, they're probably going to reinstate lynchings or some shit at this rate. Well, actually, it's funny that you say that because... Um, reinstating lynchings? No, no, not that. That's not funny. That's terrible. Let's not do that. That's a, <laughs> yeah, I hope that is not funny at all. It's it's funny that you say that they're going to start some shady shit next week is what I was getting at because there are reports that House leadership is drumming up um, another run at repealing the Affordable Care Act. See? They watched their fucking Jiminy Cricket and now they're doing this shit. Like, Someone get this guy back there. Like he must, he was probably keeping them all tame. Like they were coming to him for guidance, and he was like, "What would God want you to do?" Well, God would want me to help these sick people, but I really want to keep my money. So when he's not there, they just think, "I really want to keep my money." <laughs> Fuck these sick people! I want to keep my money. So then, also on Thursday, uh, Ronnie Jackson, who was, you know, who was tapped by uh, President Trump to. Uh, lead the VA was the VA administrator nominee. Uh, he officially re- withdrew himself from c- uh, consideration. Um, and his reasoning, Ronnie Jackson's reasoning for it was the false allegations that were being leveled at him uh, and that those were causing a distraction for the president. And uh, okay, um, but the allegations he's referring to is that, among others, and okay, these are some of the bigger ones, um, but. There were many, uh, but so apparently he was nicknamed the candy man by, uh, people in the executive branch, uh, because he would give pills out like candy. Uh, supposedly he's been drunk on the job as, and his job prior to this was a uh, chief physician for the president and the white house. Um, so potentially he was drunk on the job while doing that. And then he may have also crashed a government vehicle, um, because he was shit faced. Fantastic physician. Yeah. What I thought interesting about this was like how hard Democratic thought leaders punted on this conversation. Because they liked the guy. Because yeah. they, yeah, because they had worked they with him prior. Yeah. So hard. Like they, like it might have happened. It could have happened. We had seen nothing that would lead us to believe it happened, but it may have happened, and it could have happened, and it was just like. If it did happen, what like what should be done? At least have that conversation. Right. Rather, yeah. Because like if it was if it was a nominee that they didn't have a working professional relationship in the past to, they would have gone absolutely <laughs> banana. Yeah, just bananas about it. I mean, so I get that like you like the guy, you know, and he he treated you well while while he was you were in his care. But yeah, like you're saying, you at least need to have the conversation about what do you do with these, with these allegations or, you know, how do you prevent if these allegations are true, not saying they are, but if they are true, how do you prevent shit like this in the future? Like there's a whole things you can do with this thing and not, you know, just continually throw the guy in the bus. You can, as you're saying, turn it into a, a broader, better conversation rather than just, he was cool. Cause that's, basically every, all everybody said yep yep basically 
so then also Thursday, uh, Michael Cohen um, came out and said that he would plead the fifth on questions revolving around the Stormy Daniels lawsuit um, in terms of the civil lawsuit that's going on. And, uh, you know, naturally people in the aftermath of that, people were like, oh, he's clearly guilty. That's why he's pleading the fifth, despite like that's not what the fifth is for. Um, and, you know, his reasoning and his lawyer's reasoning was that he was going to be pleading the fifth during the civil lawsuit because anything that he said, whether they were real admissions or even just slip ups, you know, would have impacted the criminal suit and the criminal investigation being done by the FBI. And then even further, uh, later in the week, a judge ruled a stay on the civil lawsuit because it could potentially interfere with the criminal lawsuit. So yeah, his reason for pleading the fifth make total fucking sense. Like obviously. Yeah. Like he's super shady and probably a terrible dude, but like uh, people, they just gotta be, people just gotta be a little smarter with like how they read into things. <laughs> watch too many, too much shit on TV. Speaking of that, also on Thursday, President Trump called in Fox and Friends and ranted for like a half hour and like literally at points was screaming into the phone. If you haven't, if you haven't looked up, like it's all over YouTube, you can find the, the segment. It is oh my God. just it ridiculous. He was bitching. He was like bitching the Justice Department wasn't, was doing this quote unquote witch hunt. And not investigating Hillary. And the Friends dude was just like, yo, it's your, your justice, justice department. Yeah. You tell them to do what you want them to do. <laughs> oh, man. God, it's just so fucked up. Like, it's like he doesn't realize he's in charge. Like, Trump, you're the fucking boss. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, I mean, I you would think that. he'd be used to that by now. All right, let's move into, we'll move into Friday, last Friday. So on Friday, the uh, Republican-led House Intelligence Committee, they released their uh, report, and I did put that in, uh, that is in air quotes. It's an air quote report uh, regarding Trump-Russia collusion. And of course, they found absolutely no evidence. What they're trying to do is basically just set the stage for why the special counsel investigation is wrong and why they do not have to impeach him. Like, that's all this quote-unquote report was for yeah yeah exactly so then also on friday uh bill cosby was found guilty on three counts of sexual assault and he faces up to 30 years in prison for it um you know he most likely won't see that amount of prison time um but you know given that this is the the retrial you know the initial trial um, resulted in a hung hung jury and then would declare a mistrial um but hey, they got that bastard. Yeah. Yep. About time. And then the basically earth-shattering news from uh, from Friday. Uh, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un crossed the border into South Korea. Uh, he's for a summit with the North Korea or with the South Korean president. Um, he's the first North Korean leader to cross the border into South Korea since 1953. And the reasoning for the summit is that the uh, two Korean nations are uh, beginning the talks on not only 
you know, denuclearizing the Korean Peninsula, but also ending the Korean War, um, and actually working on uh, living as uh, neighbors that don't hate each other. That's good. Yeah, usually a good thing. Yeah. Glad they started that. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, most likely North Korea is going to want some pretty major concessions from the South Koreans. Um, you know, it's already been reported that uh, Kim Jong Un wants, you know, for him to fully completely get rid of his nukes and not uh, not research anymore um, would require a, a U.S. withdrawal from the peninsula and then a promise from the U.S. not to invade North Korea and, you know, typical North Korean uh, concessions that they want. But, I mean, fuck, man. I, I don't know. the. Uh, at least, I mean, we're in the early stages, obviously, but, like, there might actually be a diplomatic solution on the horizon, maybe, which is insane to think about. We will have best <laughs> So are they going to make this deal over Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that would be bananas. <laughs> comes in, you get the Paul Ryan tweet that comes back and is like, a, a, a Donald, that was supposed to slide into his DMs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and then... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, so last thing for the week, uh, the White House Correspondents' Dinner turns out still a thing, and it was on Saturday. Uh, Michelle Wolf was the uh, the comedian who gave the the you know the primary address. Um, I caught the the replay of it, and oh my god, she went in so hard on basically everybody. It was insane. It was funny. It was mean, but it was funny. It's, it's, if you like, if you like roasts, it's definitely worth the, worth a look. All right. Well, that's all we have for, uh, today's, uh, shortened pod. Any, uh, last minute thoughts from you guys? Tweet at us, bitches. <laughs>